Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every night at 8 p.m. Central. Thank you for joining me. Hope you're having a great Monday night. Hope you're enjoying the game. It is a kind of an old school, big boy football kind of game because there is a lot of wind over there in Buffalo and the Patriots are taking on the Bills. It's an interesting matchup and it has been quite fun if you are into Smash Mouth football, right? It feels like this Big Ten game that we're taking a look at in the NFL. But thank you guys for joining the show tonight. We'll sort of take a break of your regular Cowboys talk because we will rather discuss some Cowboys players and coaches that can end up with an award in February. So we'll get into that. Thank you for joining the show. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Primetime. And let's get more Cowboys fans in here. Now, without further ado, let's start the show officially. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire 2021 season, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content. For more Mavericks content, make sure you check out the site. You can read in some of the Dallas Cowboys players that are about to come back. You can also read the case for Micah Parsons to end up the Defensive Player of the Year. And also, you can take a look at some of our Mavericks content by Ian and Alec Cash, including that that reads two, re two reasons for the Mavericks' four straight home losses. Some tough times for the Mavericks. You can... Read that over at adcsports.com slash Dallas. And of course, Alex, three observations from the 2017 uh, win on Thursday night. We might have covered, uh, you know, a lot from the Cowboys versus the Saints. But before you move on to the Washington football team, you might want to read Alex's content before you move on to the Washington football team. By the way, tomorrow night, we will dive into the Washington football team and take an early look at this division rival that has some way, somehow won four straight games. And now all of a sudden they look like contenders within the NFC East. I don't mean like contenders, contenders, only within the division if the Cowboys continue to struggle, which I am optimistic that it won't happen. But shout out to everyone in the chat. Welcome Tom Downey's burner account with his daily Michael Parsons comment. Now it reads, Parsons once heard nothing could kill him, so he tracked down nothing and killed it. <laughs> Bill says, uh, Cowboys Nation over at Facebook. Peter Rizzo, Hector, Jessica, thank you for being here. Peter says that he didn't get a notification. Sometimes Facebook does, does us like that. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> Dallas Jung says, it's a good day. How are you guys doing? Also, Pipiti Pau over at YouTube. And what is up, Terry, over at Facebook as well. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to listen to Primetime. 
We will discuss some Dallas Cowboys that might be in the conversation for some awards in February. By the way, I'm excited about this year's, well, technically next year's, but this season's awards in the NFL. And I'm excited because you are, we are getting the ceremony broadcast on live TV. And we're not talking about the broadcast that usually takes place after the awards are all leaked on Twitter and on social media. And that sort of happened since last year. The, the, the last year, it was more of a live event for us NFL fans to enjoy. But this time around, the ceremony or the awards uh, broadcast is not going to take place on Saturday. Usually, it is on the Saturday before the, the, the Super Bowl. Now, it is going to be on Thursday. And I'm excited about that because I just have this feeling that more, more of us will be able to sit down and watch it. Instead of watching, for example, Thursday Night Football, we will be watching the NFL Owners Show, and I think it will be fun. I, and I like that. I, I mean, I've always enjoyed, you know, the opening monologues, but I've never watched it live, to be honest. I, I always catch the replay, and I'm always on the lookout for who actually wins these awards, but I'm excited about these years uh, specifically. Uh, Bruno says, we got to worry the Washington football team this week. Their defense has been keeping them in the games. Dallas cannot sleep on Washington. They definitely shouldn't sleep on them. The, uh, it doesn't matter who you are facing and how you're getting wins in the NFL. A four-game four winning streak is a four-game winning streak. I don't care who you're facing on that football field. It is something to pay attention to. And Taylor Heineke, just to get ahead of uh, ourselves this week, Taylor Heineke has been doing a good job throwing under pressure. I don't think it's sustainable because before this weekend, he was completing about 67% of his attempts under pressure. I don't think there's no way you can sustain that over the long run. So I think that the next few weeks might see Taylor Heineke uh, brought down to earth a little bit, at least statistically speaking. But hey, it's a, it's a tough team. It can be a, a tough team right now. Uh, is our upcoming game on primetime? It is not. It is a noon game right now. I'm not exactly sure when the NFL is announcing the, the flex of games. Is that happening on Tuesdays? Does anyone know? I'm really not sure about that. I don't see the Cowboys-Washington game being pushed to Sunday night. I, I don't. I think that the NFL might, might save that for Week 17 versus the Cardinals. That would be interesting to watch. Cowboys versus Cardinals on primetime TV. Hector says that I'm missing Monday night football. I'm never missing Monday night football because if anything happens, I want to talk to you guys about it. I'm watching it right here. <laughs> you never know what can happen. But, but you know what? We need to do primetime and, and we need to pay attention to you guys first and foremost. So I, always, I only, you know, watch it from the corner of my eye. It's been a fun game so far. I, I like big boy football. I like this, you know old school kind of games. And I think that this feels like a Big Ten matchup. What's up, Room? What is up, Stevie Mac? Thank you for joining us. And as always, reminding people to hit the like button. And of course, share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, you know the rule. Let your friends know about primetime. Scotty King says, this defense is a dark horse. Um, 
defense that is being slept on and the offense is going to wake up. In my opinion, no one can compete when that happens. And that is such a, a, an interesting comment because I kind of agree with it. I think that there are a lot of teams out there in the, in the NFC that might compete with the Cowboys. But if the offense wakes up and the offense looks like it did in September and October and the defense continues to look like they're doing right now, you, you have a contending team in the NFC. But let's get to the awards. Let's get to the awards because we, we need to get to them. Are the Cowboys practicing physically or remotely? Hope to get some coaches back. I would imagine that by, by Wednesday, the Cowboys will be practicing physically. Unless they are back, uh, they should be practicing physically. What do you think we need to pick up at draft time, says William? Uh, if, if anyone knows if I'm wrong about them being physically or virtually, let me know in the chat. Uh, but listen, it all depends on who's available when draft time comes around. But right now, the primary needs for this team, in my opinion, are an offensive line, especially on the interior, because I think that you could use a left guard or you could use a center. I'm not sure that we're sold on any of the corners or on Tyler Viadish as long-term answers for the Cowboys offensive line. You might also get an offensive tackle, which we have discussed over the past few years now, always it's a it's an annual tradition for Cowboys fans to discuss a potential replacement for Tyron Smith on the long run because of the injuries and things like that. Last year it was Rashawn Slater. This time around, I'm sure there will be more tackles to discuss when draft season arrives. But also I would mention maybe a tight end because I like Dalton Schultz. I like Sean McKeon, and I even like Blake Jarwin, who we have not seen because him being on IR, and of course, he missed most of the 2020 season. But I think that if the Cowboys are in a position to draft an athletic tight end that can also make an impact in the running game uh, with blocks, I think the Cowboys could be interested in that, to be honest, but not, not maybe in the first round. But there's a lot of positions that I think that the Cowboys could address. And once again, cornerback. I, I love what Anthony, Anthony Brown has been doing for the Cowboys this year, but I'm not sure that we are sold on this cornerback group. And yeah, as, as Burner account is saying, take the best player available. That should be, and that will likely be the mentality on draft night, but those would be the team needs that I would point out uh, right now. But I 100% agree with the BPA philosophy and taking the best player available. Let's talk about some of the Cowboys awards some of the cow, uh, awards that the Cowboys could win in February when the NFL honors arrive. And I was, you know, you have to start with the MVP. And I know that we thought that Dak Prescott could be in the conversation. He started off in it. He started off with such a strong year statistically. But I think that by now, we need to agree that Dak's a little bit out of it. Not because... He is not a great quarterback anymore, not because of that. But the MVP award, I think, is one with big moments in, for example, games like the Chiefs won. And I think that a few bad games can really cost you this award. And if you take a look at numbers like EPA per play, pass EPA, DVOA, and all of these advanced metrics, Dak has fallen a little bit behind because of some poor performances. And I think that might be enough to cost him the MVP, especially when you have players like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers competing for it. Matthew Stafford, I also think, has fallen off the MVP race. And at some moment, it, it seemed like he was the legit candidate. 
I don't know that Kyler Murray can win it because I know that he's awesome to watch, but the fact that he's missed some games as well makes me question if he's out of the conversation. So yeah, I will rule out the MVP award for now. Here's where here's the one that I find the most interesting one though is and it's defensive player of the year. And for the first few weeks of the season, we talked about Trevon Dix potentially getting defensive player of the year because he's getting interceptions at an impressive rate. But after, you know, we are at week 13 now, it is about to finish. It is about to end, excuse me, once this uh, game is over, this Monday night football game is over. And I wonder if Trevon Dix is really in that conversation because if you take a look at the betting odds, they are number two in, in the betting odds. I don't see Trevon Diggs really in that conversation. I might be wrong. And there's only one way, in my opinion, that he ends up getting votes. And the way that that happens is if and only if he breaks the, the single season record in the NFL, which is at 14. And I think that that would be the case because I was actually, someone asked me about this earlier on, on no, it, it happened on the weekend. And I took a look, I opened up profootballreference.com. I looked up the single season interception record and I found something interesting. There are not a lot of players who have, uh, who have caught uh, so many interceptions right uh, in a single season, right? So Trevon Diggs is on his way to compete for that 14 interceptions record from Night Lane Train. But if you take a look at the players that are below Night Lane Train, none of them are from the 2000s and not even from the 90s. I think that the, the, la the latest player to be in those top 28 players with most interceptions in a single season, I think it is Everson Waltz in the 80s from the Dallas Cowboys. So there is not a modern football player that has come even close to breaking that long-standing single-season interception record. So if he ends up breaking it, you might have, you know, the argument for Trevon Diggs. But he's also not been the true best defensive player of the year. And I think that that really will cost him when the voting comes around. And then there's Micah Parsons. And th this brings up the first question of the show that it is for me to you guys. Uh, who do you think is the safest bet? Who would be the safest bet to win the defensive player of the year? Would it be Trevon Dix, who has been in the conversation since maybe week four? Or would it be Micah Parsons, who has just entered the conversation? And Tom Downey's burner account is saying Miles Garrett, but, but keep in mind, we're, we're talking exclusively Cowboys. We're, we're exclusively talking about Cowboys players. Now, it's, it's an interesting question because Parsons just entered the betting odds this week at plus 2,000. And to put that into perspective, J.C. Jackson, cornerback for the New England Patriots, is also at plus 2,000. And then you have Travon Diggs, who's actually a top three candidate as, and has been since early in the season. However, I would answer Michael Parsons because I think that the hype is coming at the right time. And I think that it is more likely that someone says Michael Parsons is a better defender 
than Trevon Diggs than the other way around because Diggs has his moments, but we also know that he's far from being that shut down cornerback. And I remember this was a discussion that we had early in the season, whether or not Trevon Diggs was a shut down cornerback. And even though he was getting those interceptions at that rate, we, we sort of agreed, I believe, that that label should not be placed on him yet. Maybe at some point in his career, I think that he can develop into one, but maybe not yet. But Parsons right now is doing a little bit of everything. And he's not leading a, a, a statistic that is maybe as volatile as interceptions. He's one of the leaders in pressures, in pressure rate, in QB hits, QB knockdowns, a little bit of everything, right? Even on tackles for loss. So not, not only speaking about rushing the passer. So I would also say that Micah Parsons would be the safest bet even as, you know, even though the betting odds do not reflect that at all. And I, so far, I have not seen any answer saying Trevon Diggs. And I think that is really so interesting when you take a look at the betting odds in the NFL. Stevie Mack goes with Parsons. So does Asmodeus. Diggs also says uh, Dallas Young, Scotty King. I have not seen one single, or, well, Dallas Young, actually, the. <laughs> Scotty Kings is Parsons for now. Joshua goes with Parsons as well. So yeah, as you can see, everyone is going with Micah. Yet the betting odds, and let me see if I can find out. Well, it's not necessary, maybe, but it's uh, you know Trevon Dix, top three candidate in the betting world, and Micah is not is not among. Micah just entered the competition before. If you wanted to play Parsons, you had to bet the field. He was not even an option in sports books. He is now, though. And listen, a lot of people will say uh, the NFL will never let a rookie win Defensive Player of the Year. And I believe that. I think that is a good point, and maybe that's why his odds are so low. But also, if he keeps it up throughout December and January, I, uh, he, could, he could make an argument for himself. Right now, I am, uh, if, if we're you know, talking about the entire NFL, Right now, I'm leading towards TJ Watt over Miles Garrett. That three-and-a-half performance versus the Ravens and the way that he disrupted the two-point conversion, that, to me, uh, will, will give TJ Watt the edge. I might be wrong, but I think he deserved it last year. I know Aaron Donald is the guy, but uh, I think that TJ Watt's numbers were insane last season as well. Parsons says T-Sila is just balling, dude. His 10 sacks, that's crazy. I thought he'd have five at most. He's surprising a lot of people. He's surprising everyone. Even the people with the wildest expectations for Michael Parsons as a rookie, those expectations have been exceeded. I don't think anybody was as optimistic as to say that he would have 10 right now and he would be doing everything that he is. He is unreal. We know, you know, we, we, a lot of the times we overuse words like incredible and unreal, and we overuse them to the point into which the words lose a little bit of value and meaning. But when, when you're talking Mike Parsons, unbelievable and unreal are really the right adjectives in the literal sense of the world. Like you're watching Micah Parsons play and you're thinking to yourself, I literally cannot believe what, what he's doing right now on the field. So most of the time, I think that we overuse 
those kind of words. I don't think that we are when we're speaking about Michael Parsons. He really is insane. I, I don't remember any time feeling about the Cowboy, about a Cowboys defensive player like we are with Michael Parsons. Scotty says Parsons' own expectations aren't exceeding though aren't exceeded though and that is also so amazing and we have talked about that on primetime the way that Parsons talks about himself and his desire to be great and it's not only about that line from Hard Knocks when he said the lion is always hungry it's not about that only he, he's always talking about I want to be great I want to be in those moments and you just love that for the Cowboys rookie even more so when there were some people uh, during the draft process that were concerned about two or three attitude re, uh, you know, issues that maybe he had or had not, but there were rumors whether they were true or not about Micah back in April. And it is great to see him be such a great leader for this Cowboys defense as a rookie. So everything that Parsons has done has exceeded our expectations. Anyway, moving on. I don't think that the Cowboys really have any candidate for Offensive Player of the Year. I don't think they do. I don't think that is even a surprise. Comeback Player of the Year, you know, that I believe to be a, a lock. I think he's a lock to win that award. And I honestly thought that he was going to earn that uh, award. Whatever happened, except if he got injured again, that has not happened. I don't, I don't think it will. So that is your Comeback Player of the Year, I believe. The same goes to Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think that Parsons is a lock to win it. I don't think he was back in September, even though he was the favorite. But right now, there's not a single soul that is competing with, with Micah. Uh, assistant of the Year. I think that the Cowboys could get an Assistant of the Year. And back in September and October, we thought that maybe that man was named Kellen Moore. I don't think we believe that to be the case anymore. I believe that now the guy that could end up winning it is Dan Quinn. He has some tough competition, though. And I think that the toughest competition that he has right now is Vance Joseph from the Arizona Cardinals, defensive coordinator. He's done a lot of good stuff for that defense. And I think that this season it has been like the maturing point of his project of his project with the Cardinals. But Dan Quinn might get some votes because it is a first year drastic change that we have seen with the Cowboys defense. So maybe maybe Dan Quinn ends up winning assistant of the year. He could in my opinion. Steve Niels is not even a chance Uh, but I don't know if that was in, uh, responding to, you know, one of the comeback player of the years or to Dan Quinn. I would be interested in hearing why not even a chance. That's okay, says Scotty King. I'll take second place at all positions. Uh, Tom Down his burner account says the assistant to the coach. Yeah. Hey, how about, by the way, how about George Edwards being in the mix for the Duke head coaching job that would be amazing if he's able to land that he's been a coach that has caused a bit of noise in recent years so if George Edwards gets that as a Cowboys defensive assistant uh, that would be amazing in my opinion hope he gets it what about the Walter Payton awards this burner account I'm I'm not that familiar with 
with the Cowboys Players Foundations to be able to really suggest one. I don't know if it could be Dak, if it could be, you know, with everything that he has done, raising awareness for for mental health issues that I really respect a lot uh, from him. Maybe that or a lot of players. There are a lot of players at foundations, and I'm I honestly don't want to leave anyone out because I don't know enough maybe about those foundations. If anyone knows about them, though, uh, I think that even Micah has been doing some stuff in that regard. I might be wrong, but I think he has. A lot of players do, and I think that has always been amazing. Nominate Jalen. He helped. His <laughs> oh, barring your account. That is cold. <laughs> he said, nominate Jalen. He helped his community by leaving the team. That is just... That isn't called for. <laughs> that really is. Uh, William Appleby, that O-line says, in life, uh, I have purpose. Patricia is getting old when we need some young power blood. And I think that the Cowboys might look for some offensive line help um, next offseason. I think they will. Did we miss any other potential award? I don't think that we did. Offensive rookie of the year. Hey, it would be nice. He had the Cowboys, you know, drafted an offensive rookie. They they only took, of course, uh, Judge Ball, who we have forgotten about. He is not he has not been even in the conversation of getting back from the injured list in which he started the season off. So we might not see Judge Ball until 2022. Interested in seeing what happens with him. The Cowboys fourth round draft pick. And then the other white guy was Simi Fihoko. And of course, he has not been a part of the Cowboys offense. So we kind of expected the Cowboys to be out of the possibilities with, with that offensive rookie of the year award. And speaking about, you know, George, George Edwards and some Cowboys news, let's have a little bit of a Cowboys catch up. Some important news today, uh, more than anything, just confirming stuff that we already expected. Jerry Jones was a 105.3 defend today, and he talked about Randy Gregory and Neville Gallimore. And I think that a key quote to point out here is the fact that Jones said, bearing any surprise, Gallimore and Gregory should be back on Sunday versus Washington. And I think that we cannot understate how much that would mean for the Cowboys defense just getting Gallimore back in that rotation and I'm excited to see how Dan Queen and company end up you know handling this situation because you have Oso Di Suwa and Carlos Watkins who have been the true starters at defensive tackle and they have not married any of these guys to either the three technique or the one technique when they are aligned on that four down front so also gets the most playing time at Tree Technique, I believe. At least that's what I feel like when watching the Cowboys play. Uh, I wonder if that changes with Gallimore back. And I wonder how creative the Cowboys are going to get on obvious passing situations. Because we have talked about this frequently on the show. Dan Quinn is not afraid to put a lot of defense events on that front. Last week, we had... Armstrong, uh, Basham, and I think it was, how, how, what was the defensive front that we talked about a few days ago? And then you had Lawrence on the inside. Yeah, it, that was it. Lawrence on the inside. And then I think it was Golston over on the other edge of the defensive line. And, of course, then you had Michael Parsons just standing there uh, as an inside linebacker 
as the threat that he is. And the, and it was a run a run play, and the Cowboys defensive ends actually got the tackle for loss. So excited about getting these guys back. I think we all should be. Now, Mike McCarthy, also some McCarthy news. A lot of people were wondering if Dan Quinn was going to remain as the interim head coach for one more week. That does not seem to be the case. The Cowboys are expecting Mike McCarthy to be back on Thursday on the Cowboys facilities. So the Cowboys are getting their head coach back. And listen, I'm not exactly sure exactly what he does on game day, but I'm betting that that is a big deal for the Dallas Cowboys. And not only that, but Dan Quinn is going back to the coach's booth. He talked about this already. He said that that is what he wants to do. And I fully respect it. And I think everyone actually should, because we should not doubt Dan Quinn. That PFT commenter from Barcel Sports, and I know some people don't like Barcel Sports, but I found I find uh, part of my take pretty funny. PFT commenter is referring to Danny Queen exclusively as Danny Queen ever since he started using the hat backwards. And I love the fact that Dan Queen kept that backwards now that he was on on the sidelines. Uh, Scotty says, <laughs> "You will love this story. You will you will actually love this story. Maybe." I am a full victim of the Cowboys' marketing approach. I really am. Scotty says, how in the hell did you become a Cowboys fan? I bet your story would make good for a Netflix movie. LOL. Listen, (laughs) I'm from Chihuahua, Mexico, as many of you guys know. And that's about a four-hour drive to El Paso. Let me tell you, and I have talked about this on the show previously but there are a lot of football fans in Mexico. Like behind the United States, Mexico is the number two country with American football fans. And yeah, Jerry got me, as Tom Downey's burner account is saying. So when I was in kindergarten, I kind of liked the Bengals. But, you know, I was a kindergarten kid that literally my philosophy for picking the team was I love those helmets with the stripes on it because, you know, I love Tigers and I love Bengals and stuff like that. So I was, as a kindergarten, like, I don't even remember this. Uh, I was a, quote, Bengals fan. So I didn't get anything. Uh, Like, I couldn't get anything from the Bengals to, you know, represent my fandom. I think that the only thing that I had was sort of a keychain with a Carson Palmer picture on it. And I, you know, was frustrated because I couldn't get my hands on anything from the Dallas Cow, from the Cincinnati Bengals. And then my dad, in his wisdom, came to me and he said, if you want to find things from from your football team, you better pick the Cowboys because those guys are everywhere. And, you know, I'm about a four-hour drive away to El Paso. By the way, tomorrow we will have primetime on the road and on Wednesday as well. And, uh, you know, that's how I ended up being a Cowboys fan. But all kidding aside, though, uh, also because my mom is a Cowboys fan. Then my dad is a Patriots fan, so is my brother. And then my oldest brother is a Broncos fan. So kind of a weird combination there. And that happened because none of my parents were diehard fans since they were kids. They all, in my family, everyone picked it up in 2004, sports in general. And they actually, you know, picked it up because of sports betting. So fun story for there for you guys there. Fun parentheses. Because no one wants to be a Bengals fan, Mo. You dodged a bullet, says Burner account. Hey, and listen, here's a, here's a thing that, you know, cracks me up every once in a while. 
How different would it have been rooting for Marvin Lewis for 10 years or for Jason Garrett for 10 years? How different would it have really been? <laughs> so I, I sometimes wonder that. Uh, what NFL team is the most loved in Mexico? Asks El Pipi de Pau. It's either the Cowboys or the Steelers. And I think that is because according to the legends, like national TV in Mexico had rights to Cowboys games and to the Steelers games and everyone watched them. Uh, everyone watched the Cowboys and the Steelers. So in most, in more recent years, of course, the Patriots have grown in fan base uh, and some other teams like the Seahawks had their moments back in 2013. But I think that Mostly, it's the Cowboys and the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, that's random, Scotty, that your wife is a Broncos fan too. Anyways, let's get to Overreaction Monday. Before I leave you guys tonight, you know the rules. Three of them, three statements, and you need to answer. Is that an overreaction or a fair reaction? And the first one is, and let me get it to you here in the chat. And yeah, Garrett is Marvin Lewis. So I've always found that, you know, a little bit funny. But hey, we'll see who ends up winning a Super Bowl first. And then I know, I will know if I regret it or not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, though. I had so much fan watching, the, uh, so much fun watching the Cowboys. So the first one of the days he Cowboys won, the Cowboys should be concerned about Washington in terms of the NFC East. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Let me know. Your, th your thoughts in the chat, you guys know the rules. I give you the take, and then you tell me, is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Burner account says, fair reaction. Anthony says, I wouldn't be surprised if all division winners in the NFC end up 12-5, and five, had fun with all the tiebreakers. That would be uh, not, not, not fun. <laughs> you know, Uh, it would be fun, but, you know, tiebreakers sometimes are tough to figure out. Hey, everyone agrees with this one. Stevie Max is fair. Ed Sets is fair. Uh, Bruno, fair, fair, fair. We have a lot of fair reactions here. No one is answering overreaction. It's a difficult one. <coughs> Sorry. It's a difficult one for me because as, as Boxster is saying, any given Sunday, everybody is a concern. But I, when I ask this question, and I'm sorry if I didn't really explain myself, I'm talking more about the NFC East. Are we concerned about losing the NFC East to the Washington football team? But more than anything, here's where I find it tricky. And I will say that it is fair, but with a big asterisk. I'm not really concerned about who Washington is, a team, uh, is as a football team. I am more concerned about where the Cowboys are at. I think that Washington still has a lot of issues, even though they are on this impressive four-game winning streak. Fair, it's not won until it's officially won. Fair, teams show up to playoffs. We got to show up to play them. I like that comment. I, like, I think that was a good one from Patricia. <clears throat> Scotty says, we control our destiny, but then again, so does Washington. That is true. Two remaining games versus the Washington football team. It will be fun. It will be fun. So anyways, everyone agreed with, with that one. Let's see if everyone agrees with this one as well. And it is the winner of tonight's game between the Patriots and the Bills 
which New England is leading. The winner of Patriots versus Bills is the AFC's team to beat. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? It is, is it too early to call it or it, that sounded like an election? <laughs> or, you know, will this game produce the team to beat in the AFC? I will be the first to say that I'm very excited about the game and, of course, about the second half of, of this football game. But I will say overreaction. I think it is quite early. Uh, these teams still have a lot of key games left on their calendar. And I think that the situation that we are currently watching on primetime TV is so specific, right? Like there is a windstorm out there in Buffalo, and I'm not sure that the fact that these teams are playing smash mouth football and running game so being such a heavy part of it is going to really tell us which is the best team of the two and also i wouldn't overlook the chiefs i think that we might have that same feeling that we had on, on saturday watching alabama beat georgia that you know that same feeling like someone tweeted out of you know ah it's them I forgot about the Chiefs temporarily, but I think that the Chiefs will be a tough team to beat in the playoffs. Hey, apparently I had some easy questions today because everyone is now agreeing with overreaction. Scotty says, but they are looking up to us, though. I, I find it funny that the Cowboys would be the number one seed in the AFC. Burner account says one injury can change everything. That is all, that's something that I also agree with. Boxer says, the team that shall otherwise remain nameless has already started their playoff run. We need to put a, a stop to that insanity. <laughs> hey, I like the team that should be renamed nameless. I, I like that comment. Joshua says, wind is terrible where I'm at also. Sweet content, bro. Keep it up. Hey, I appreciate it, Scotty King. Thank you. We are here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. One more, and I think this one will be a little bit more controversial. Let's see if you guys agree with it or not. Uh, Jessica says, the Chiefs are struggling offensively too, just like the Cowboys, but they are finding ways to win games. And I think that, I, I mean, I, I just trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to figure it out by January. I agree with Jessica. Anyways, here we go. The Ravens are no longer good. Is that an overreaction Or is that a fair reaction? I am struggling inside to answer this one. Are the Ravens good? Are, are, they, are they actually a good football team right now, this season, at this moment? Are they a good team? I will say that it is a fair reaction. I, I, I will. I think that right now the Ravens are depending 100% on Lamar Jackson and how much of a superhero can he be any given Sunday. Because right now I'm watching a Baltimore team that is struggling at, in the trenches, both on offense and on defense. They are so, so banged up and they're losing so many key players And we're talking season-ending injuries. We're not talking about players that will come back later in the season. A lot of these guys are done for the year. So, and I don't see any improvement in their passing game. 
And I'm not talking about Lamar Jackson not being an accurate passer because I think that he is, and I think that he's actually underrated as a passing quarterback in the NFL. But are the concepts there? We, it's, it, it would not be the first season of, the, of recent years in which we criticize the concepts that the Ravens are running in their passing game. You don't see Chris Browns from the wide receivers. You don't see them having an effective quick game week in and week out. So I will say that it is a fair reaction. And I think that right now I, I cannot take a look at the Ravens and put them as some of the favorites in the AFC. I mean, like, they are in different tiers than the Patriots, the Bills, the Chiefs, and maybe some other teams that have been inconsistent but that I trust in January, for example, like the Chargers. I know that the Chargers have been in some rough spots, but I think that they can be a tough out, or even the Colts, for example. But anyways, uh, let's see some of your answers. Overreaction, I, I knew that this was going to be a more controversial one. Uh, Bruno says fair. Uh, Joshua as well goes with fair. Peter says overreaction. Jose Garcia says overreaction. Bruno comes in with fair. Jessica over. Uh, a lot of people, you know, Ravens are toast, says Asmodeus. Lamar missing that easy two-pointer throw was just bad, though, says Stephen Mack. Yeah. One more question before I leave you. Did you agree with going for two with the Ravens? I like the call. I really did. I, I think that you have more win probabilities if you go for two in that situation. Don't count out the Lions, says Josh Davis. Hey, you can never do that. The Ravens need Desmack, says TV Mac. I don't know. I don't know if TV Mac is joking or not, though. Uh, uh, is that an actual take or not? I, 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 I mean, I'm not saying that I hate it. I'm just saying I am legit curious if that is sarcasm or not. A lot of people are saying about that about the Cowboys. This is Jessica. And I think that would be an overreaction, to be honest with you. I also, I, I agree with the two-point conversion attempt. I do agree with it. <clears throat> Joshua says, I can't believe they did that. That was crazy. I think that the logic behind it is that you have a 50% win probability if you go to overtime or something like that. And if you have the play from the two-yard line, and they did have a great play, by the way, it was just a tough spot for Lamar Jackson. And, and also credit to TJ Watt. He did a great job crashing that play. And then Mark Andrews also needs to get that. I know it's a tough catch to make, but in that spot, you're counting on, on Mark Andrews to get it. Going for two and four down is the modern way now, says Cody King. And I am 100%. Uh, I, 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 I am 100% in favor of those decisions. Lamar is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. This is a burner account. I like Lamar, to be honest. I really do. I don't know who my vote for most overrated quarterback in the NFL would be, though. But anyways, guys, thank you for being with me tonight. Thank you for joining the show. We had sort of a long one tonight, actually. Thank you for joining me. And thank you for choosing to listen to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. For more Cowboys content and for more Mavericks content, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. 
Thank you for joining me tonight. Hope you enjoyed the second half of Monday Night Football. I will let you enjoy it. And remember, tomorrow night we will be on the road, but there will be primetime at 8 p.m. Central. And we'll take an early look at the Washington football team because I think that it is time that we start discussing this NFC East matchup, among other things. So make sure you tune in, 8 p.m. Central Time. Thank you guys for joining the show uh, over here. I don't know. I, I don't have an update on Luka Doncic. I don't follow the Mavericks that closely. But if if, if you want to check that out on adcsports.com as well, maybe you can. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining the show. Jason Garrett claps his burner account. I don't know if that is good or bad. But anyways, my name is Mauricio Rodriguez. Thank you for joining the show. And I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you, guys.